Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. What you say? Be just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Oi. Seven twelve here on your Thursday morning. Hour number two, big hour coming up. Curtis and the Judge, Bill O'Reilly next hour. Alan Dershowitz and more. Before we get to Curtis, who looks very handsome in his lime green dyspraxia DCD America sweatshirt, and his, he's looking sharp. Danielle, if you will, uh, people have already uh, called in a lot. People have donated quite a bit already, and uh, of course, you can donate right now at wabcradio.com/dcd, or you can call us. 1-800-890-9088 to donate today. Give us uh, two or three minutes, a quick overview of dyspraxia. Of course, Gabriel, my son sitting to my left, was diagnosed with dyspraxia as a little boy. Give us a quick overview of what this is all about. Thank you. I will. Um, okay, so dyspraxia is a permanent neurological condition. It's a disability. Um, the DCD stands for Developmental Coordination Disorder, and that is the actual medical diagnosis that an individual will receive um, after evaluation. The issue is is that anything that's considered developmental um, usually is attached to a child. It's pediatric. However, because it's a permanent neurological condition, dyspraxia comes into play, and that's kind of like the global, the umbrella under which DCD falls. So basically what that affects, this dyspraxia, is the movement coordination and motor planning of the individual. Um, Sometimes it can be highlighted in a child's development um, that they're not reaching particular physical milestones. In our case, we were lucky. We were very fortunate that there was a huge, tremendous red flag with Gabriel that he wasn't walking. He was 14 months old. He wasn't walking. He was doing everything else. Um, And some of his, he wasn't able to sit up, crawl, scoot, all these normal things. So... Um, just to put it into context, um, someone might be able to um, understand dyspraxia a little bit more. Um, this is an example that um, was given to me, and it was basically imagine having to use your non-dominant hand all day with your dominant hand tied behind your back, Aye. okay? Yep. So you would be exhausted. You'd have to – your effort would be really, really increased – um, to pick up things, to grab things, to take a cap off of something, to open a door, to write, to type. And if you have your hand, your dominant hand behind your back, and you're walking around, you're going up and down stairs, your balance and your coordination, your center of gravity is also also affected. So it's not just a physical thing. When you're putting so much effort to get your basic life needs, your daily functions taken care of, it affects you mentally. It can make you anxious. It could make you exhausted. It could frustrate you, and it could affect you behaviorally as well. I'm sorry I'm trying to do this right now. It leads to depression and other uh, other major issues. And, and No, seriously, it uh, it's not easy. And, and when we talk about Gabriel going to the basketball court, 
which kind of has been uh, his healing process. And playing well, it's uh, it's nothing short of, of miraculous. So uh, thank you for that. Then we'll get back to you with some more information on the this Project DCD America charity. But it is time for the man. He gets big ratings every weekday afternoon between noon and 1, as well as overnights every weekend. Arguably does his best work right here alongside me every weekday morning about this time. So you heard the Eric Adams interview yesterday. And while you gave me credit, thank you for that. You didn't seem all that impressed, Curtis. Let me tell you something. If I'm a terrorist listening, and if you're a terrorist, and we know there are terrorists amongst us, especially where I was in New Jersey last night supporting Jack Citarelli for governor, although the election is in 2025, the same time as the mayoral election here. Remember, all the terrorists in the first attack of uh, 1993 World Trade Center and the second attack were living in New Jersey because they fly under the radar screen. And then you had a guy like Jim McGreedy, the governor. Oh, I want my boyfriend to be in charge of Homeland Security. Golan Chappell happened to be from Israel, but knew nothing about Homeland Security. So I was begging the crowd, please, you got to get Jack Citarelli in there. Because we know the terrorists go into New Jersey, all these small towns, villages, you know, with small police departments. And so they, they understood it. I don't think our New Yorkers understand what the mayor said yesterday. I listened so intently, and thank you for bringing that out in the mayor. Because well, you, but in all fairness, if I'm going to be honest, some of the stuff that I asked, including the police unit that deals directly with terrorism, some of the stuff I asked in the interview came directly from you, and they were great questions, but they were yours. And, and I think it, he it answered was, some of them. It was the way you asked it. It wasn't like um, in his face. So right. he opened up. He revealed yeah. that he has pretty much reallocated what was a thousand members of our NYPD counterterrorism unit, NYPD unit, to other. He said responsibilities in the department. He doesn't want to see long guns out there. I nearly f- collapsed <laughs> in my seat when I said, "Are you out of your mind? You, you pretty much." have disbanded. Plus, there have been layoffs, uh, not layoffs, but there has been a reduction in police personnel. We're down to 32,500 from a high of 40,000. Don't tell me there are still a 1,000 members uh, who are uh, involved in this counterterrorism NYPD unit. They used to be housed at the Bush Terminal right along the BQE. and no longer housed there. Nobody knows how many people were involved. Remember, John Miller was involved. We, we felt good when John Miller was involved, when Ray Kelly was involved, when Bill Bratton was involved. These are people who have dealt with these problems. I got to tell you, Eddie Caban is not ready for prime time for this. No, nor is the mayor. The mayor basically gave away the playbook. You don't have to worry about long guns, guys in helmets, Hercules squad standing outside. He said the Empire State Building, Penn Station. If I'm a terrorist listening... I'm licking my chops. Are you, is he out of his mind? Shut your mouth. If anything, even if you have disabled the counterterrorism NYPD unit, don't say it. My God, he gave away the playbook. Remember, what did Trump say? Don't give away what you're going to do or what you have available to you in terms of human resource or military resource. Which was a huge difference. I mean, you remember the guy right before Trump was Barack Obama. And nobody, nobody was more guilty 
of giving the enemy the heads up more than Barack. He basically told them every time he was Everything. going to do something. Everything. And by the way, uh, I want to give credit to that guest, Alex Trayman. You've had him on for a third time. By the way, Gnome received that individual's contact from my sister, Maria. Oh, is that right? Yes, who's a great job in PR. Yeah, Maria's been sending me a couple of emails every day with some big-time journalists oh, yeah. live in Israel. By the way, it was her birthday yesterday, so we wish her a happy, happy birthday. birthday, Maria. She has done a great job. Alex revealed to us that the day after they opened up the border crossing from Gaza into the Sinai in Egypt at Rafah. You don't think that the Hamas elder leaders in their wheelchairs with no arms, you know, with hooks, with eye patches on, no teeth, weren't wheeled out. Remember, we had Osama bin Laden on the run, B-52 bombers, right? And he dressed up in a burqa in order to escape in Tora Bora. And remember, it was the Pakistani generals who he was living side by side with that we give billions of dollars to in Pakistan when we finally nailed them. I don't trust any of them. Don't trust any of them. And I got to say this. How did Hamas amass all these missiles, thousands and thousands of missiles that they continue to fire into Israel? There had to be profiteers involved. There had to be oh, guys. Oh, there's money. Who, oh, there's big money oh, from my. a lot of countries. Hey, by the way, when I heard this the other day, which really goes to show you how Israel really got caught with their pants down. And Donald Trump was uh, critical, I should say, of Netanyahu yesterday about that. Do you know that in Gaza, Hamas actually built, like a movie set, they built an Israeli village, and right there in the open, where people were walking in the streets and going to work, they practice raping, pillaging, and murdering Israelis right in the middle of the actual strip they built an Israeli village, and they practice in front of everybody. But I guess, A, Israel's not there all the time. Well, you don't and have B, to be there. they thought they wouldn't really do it. You don't have to be there. You have satellites overhead that can find a pimple on a terrorist's big schnoz there in the Gaza. I've been to the Gaza in 1998. I'm probably one of the few. The Palestinian Liberation Authority of Yasser Arafat ran it at that time. There were no barriers. Wasn't the easiest place to get into. I had my red beret right away. They were saying, oh, Israeli parachute here. (laughs) So I spent just a few hours. I was out. It was during the 50th anniversary of the state of Israel. It is a a sweltering hot mess of humanity all compressed together. You talk about an urban area. The only place I found more condensed uh, than Gaza was Bombay in India. Bombay. So remember. There's nowhere to go. So by them having a facsimile movie set in which they could practice over and over raiding an Israeli village, you're telling me with Elon Musk satellites, Israeli satellites, American satellites, we didn't see any of that. We were all asleep at the wheel. Well, like, also like the, during 9-11, remember? Yeah, no, I know, but the conspiracy theorists, and, and these people are crazy. I don't buy into any of this. My dad did a little bit, but my dad, there were people that actually thought that Bush knew about 9-11 and was willing to have the buildings fall because he wanted to go into Iraq, take out Saddam Hussein because Hussein threatened to kill his father. Yeah, but we said that about FDR, of right? Of course. Pearl Harbor. So, so now they're saying that Netanyahu had to know about this. There's no way he couldn't have. But he, he so desperately wants a war with Iran 
that he basically let it happen. I believe that is completely untrue. It's almost sick, by the way. Can we just but say, folks that believe that. Can we just say, I don't trust the Secret Service agencies. I don't trust government. I don't trust elected officials. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to question. It's verify and then trust. So we believe Mossad, invincible, Shinbet, invincible. Oh, they've they've actually gone into Gaza. They're a part of the people. They're dressing like Palestinians. The other thing nobody has mentioned in some of these instances we've seen in video where they're kidnapping uh, men and women. Notice how some of these Palestinian terrorists are black. I've been I've been with a lot of Palestinians here and over in Israel in the West Bank and obviously Gaza. Never saw a black Palestinian. So there are supporters of Hamas and other terrorist organizations who come from where where have I been telling you? The sub Saharan desert areas of Africa. And we have them in here as illegal aliens. Let me run it down. Mauritania, Mali, Chad. Sudan, there are active units of ISIS and al-Qaeda. They are the international terrorists. So wake up, Eric Adams. You let them into our house. You're providing them hotel accommodations and cell phones. And right now, they could be part of a cell here that is intent on doing damage to us because they want to run the table. They know the the third time is the charm. So stop thinking of olive-skinned terrorists like you see in movies. These will be darker than any African-Americans who walk amongst us because they're dedicated ISIS and al-Qaeda fanatics. Small percentage, but it doesn't take a lot to do a lot of damage. Curtis Lewa, as always, is on top of everything. Thank you. Thank you for uh, stopping in this morning, wearing that sweatshirt, and giving us this very valuable information. Great job. Might Thank I say you. one last thing? Sure. Gabe, you and I were so right when we warned your father, who thinks he knew everything, the last time we sat here. Let's. You better stop at Home Depot on the way home <laughs> into the Rockaways and buy a pump and all kinds of uh, items. And what, what did your dad say? No, we're not going to do it. Next thing, your pipes burst. <laughs> I mean, you're like, nah. Nah, I don't. I don't really. I don't really need. I don't really need it. We're fine. We're fine. And I'm like, next thing you know, like a week later, our house is underwater. Yeah, you're like nomads and Bedouins for like a year. You should have listened to your sons. Oh, you're right. Famous last words. We're fine. Thank you, Curtis Sleeper. Great job. Really great as always. Check out Curtis noon to one. Every weekday afternoon and, of course, overnight weekends and does a great job with me every morning. The only man on every morning because he's terrific.